Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Jonte James, and he is founder and CEO of NatureTrack. We're going to talk to him a little bit about the business, about the cannabis industry. NatureTrack is really focused on the compliance side, on the banking side, risk management. Not necessarily the most sexy thing, as we were kind of talking about in our prep here, but critical to making this industry work, making the finance side of it work. I think, as most people in the business know, the financing cannabis companies, conducting banking transactions on cannabis companies is, unfortunately, a little complicated these days. The regulations hopefully are improving, but are still in flow here. They're still working on them. And so this is going to be an interesting conversation about where we're at in that space for cannabis, what NatureTrack is focused on, how they're looking to improve, facilitate the process so we can grow and expand the industry. With that, Jante, welcome to the program. Bruce, thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. So let's learn a little bit about you, and then we then we can talk about the business. What was your background? How did you get into banking, and how did you get into cannabis? Tell us the story. No, absolutely. It's been an interesting journey for myself getting here, going throughout the career. You know, the backstory on me is I got into tech. 
about 15 years ago when I wanted to start my first startup company. And I was I moved from Indiana. I came to Silicon Valley. I got the bug of yeah. entrepreneurship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was like, oh, let me build my my company. And so I built a community, a community building platform for people who were had busy professional lives and um, how you reward your employee after work. And that was going very well for me. Um, we up, yeah. yeah, we ended up selling um, the IP to a couple other companies. And then that's when I got into my whole VC, you know, um, career from there. Yeah. Um, I started working for a boutique VC in, in Campbell and I was doing business development. Okay. And what we were doing at that point in time is that early stage startups, you know, seed round, maybe a round when we would invest in them, they would parachute me in to then do the marketing sales, the partnerships, you know, increase the value of the company, raise that round yeah. and we would get out. Yeah. And and that's where I stood for the next 12 years after that. So I, I got really good in the process of you know, where a company's at in the beginning, like where Nature Track is and mm-hmm. where we're going to about, you know, the whole process of, you know, getting that MVP, you know, that proof of concept and then moving it through not only the development cycle of the product, but also the business cycle, you know, making it a legitimate product that people want to pay money for. Yeah. And this was, you know, during Prop 15, you know, pre Prop 64 and legalization here in California. And one of my good business partners in our one of our cannabis compliance officers, Ron Brandon, came to me and he wanted to franchise his grow business. And it was at that point in time, we were looking at the space and I was like, okay, what's well, great. I can, you know, there's some investors that I know it's going to be a hot and heavy one. Yeah. Maybe set this up so you can get, you know, some funding. Well, through that and sitting with him and understanding everything that they were going through, through the entire plant life cycle, how they're managing the warehouses, how the interactions with dispensaries and patients were going on. I was like, there's a platform play in this. I was like, I don't know about necessarily franchising your grow business, but there's a tech play and I definitely want to pursue that. And we started a company called Bluntly. And Bluntly was a patient license and a business license verification platform. And what we were doing was, you know, we were scraping, we built bots to scrape the government servers just to figure out if, you know, if they had business licenses, seller's permits, you name it, right? Because everybody was hiding under a t-shirt shop or a flower (laughs) shop, right? (laughs) There was no NAICS code for it. Well, as legalization started pushing forward, um, just from my background in, in the VC space and the companies I worked for, you know, I always used to work hand in hand with government integrators such as KPMG. And I have done stuff with KPMG, Deloitte and Accenture during my time. So we were working with KPMG on actually building the cannabis activity tracking system for the state of California. They were going to throw their hat in the ring. I had some expertise on the business license verification side, mm-hmm. and then they kind of jumped out. So, and trying to work together, getting that subcontract, you know, we were left with all the system requirements, the system architecture, functional requirements, you name it, for the cannabis activity tracking system for the state. 
Um, and it was at that point in time where we knew that, you know, with Prop 64 looming and that about the past that, you know, a license verification piece is not going to be heavy enough for where the industry is going. And that's when Nature Track started. We took all that information and we just built the entire system. We bootstrapped, we built it end to end. We built a enterprise level API that can connect to any seat to sell, warehouse management, POS, logistics, you name it. We built that API to then aggregate the data and then make it useful from there. And that's when things got very interesting for us. Um, We started talking to payment processors. We started getting in contacts with banks because we were working with a banking group. And all my banking experience has been over the last two years. I have, I've been drinking from the fire hose sure. on the banking side, just in terms of, you know, everything that they're doing, their processes and how, you know, the compliance in and that transparency that they need um, for this industry to move forward. And that's where I've been just constantly learning, constantly putting ourselves in that position. And our company has moved from, you know, that enterprise SaaS model to more of a fintech SaaS model um, that now our entire system is for the bank. Right. Our end client is the bank now. So the platform that we built, the aggregation of the data that we have, we now have the user interface for the banks or the credit unions to interact with their cannabis clients or, you know, their cannabis related businesses, the CRBs in a a very unique way that now they can understand the activities. Now they, they can understand, you know, what's the day to day and what to expect from what these clients are providing. Providing because it's so foreign to them as well. Yeah. And that's a lot of the reason of why the banks stay out of it. It's not that they can't help. It's not that there's not companies that are putting systems in place to help the clients get banked. They just don't understand what's going on. So even when they have the data, it's still like, whoa, hold on. You know, one day they had 10 grand in the bank, the next day there's a million dollars. What is going on here? And we provide that transparency and that clarity to them to now bank these clients. And and I'm curious, what data, I mean, you mentioned the kind of regulatory data, licensing data, things like that, but also like seed to sale systems. Like what, what data, I guess, are you collecting around, you know, companies in the cannabis space or related companies in the cannabis space? And what are the banks, what are they really looking for? Like, how do you take that information or how do you take that data and turn it into information that the bank can actually use to, you know, manage risk, to de-risk situations, to understand, you know, yeah, why why accounts are fluctuating wildly or, you know, what, you know, what's happening in the banking activity so they can, they can basically remove or manage the risk in a way that that allows them to actually bank. I mean, I'm just curious what, what some of this data is and what does the information look like? No, absolutely. So the data that we're, we're gathering is from their ERP or their inventory systems, right? I mentioned that we're aggregating the data from the seed to sell. Well, each license type, whether you're a cultivator, manufacturer, yeah. distributor, dispensary, right? They're using software. And these are verif- they're either third-party verified um, softwares with the state, or it's a metric system or a biotrack or a trellis, you yeah. name it, right? There's some really good softwares out there that people are using to manage their everyday processes. So we're gathering that info and we're matching, we're aligning that with, you know, test results, manifests, you name it, and invoices, right? 
So we first then aggregate the data that they have from the systems that they're using. The next step is what our our engine is and what makes us unique and different to the competition out there is that we have a whole proprietary system that we call MAD, which is Marijuana Activity Detection, right? And within that Marijuana Activity Detection or our MAD platform, we are then giving thresholds on the risk of each client's. Because we've ingested, their, yeah. we understand their inventory, we understand the size of the business, we understand their canopy. You know that they're using within their grow house. You name it, that spits out a score based upon what they should be producing and what is it related to the deposits or transactions that are coming into the bank. And then we have machine learning on that. That over time, it's learning the activities of the client or the operation so that the bank has a clear view of what they should be seeing in terms of transaction. And if anything is out of normal, then we flag that. And so now we help them ask the certain questions on on the clients like, oh, why did you have, you know, we know that you can produce 100 pounds. How come you produced 150 pounds? This time we have 150 pounds yeah. that was sold in your inventory or why is this dissolute? You've had it on the shelf for over a year, right? Why is the waste a larger amount than average on a harvest, right? There's, these are stuff. It's not exact science for what these operators and stuff that are doing through. It's not a machine for them. But at least now the credit unions, the banks, the risk management officers, the tellers, they have intelligence on what questions to ask and what are they seeing. We give them pictures. So it sounds like this combination of both uh, sort of benchmarks of, of saying, look, if you're a cultivator and you've got this much canopy, you should be reducing this much as almost kind of like an industry standard. So you're measuring against that and then you're measuring against their own internal benchmarks, which is, well, normally when you do this, this results and now this result is somehow out of whack for that. So that's going to be a uh, outside of normal range uh, kind of internal production stuff. But all, all that is basically used by the bank to, I mean, it sounds like there's two big risks or areas of risk that you're helping the bank manage. One is compliance, right? Are they Are they following uh, are they likely following the laws and the, the regulatory issues from uh, the business operations and then kind of internal risk management, which is are they operating successfully so that you're not going to have you know a, a negative business outcome from their operational side of things? Is that a decent summary? No, absolutely. You, you, you nailed it on the head there, Bruce. That's yeah. exactly what we're providing. And, and that risk clarity now gives them you know the, the comfort ability with the client, right? They know more data about their cannabis clients than they do about any other client they have in the bank. And we help synthesize that information. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'd be curious. I mean, as a banker, it's almost like, do I really want that much information? I mean, like I get it. It helps with the risk and stuff like that. But now I actually, like, am I actually going in and helping them figure out how to operate their business or am I just a banker? I mean, it seems like a, an interesting you know, line or an interesting point of which how much data is too much data for the banker side of things. No, it's true. And, and what we find with our clients that we're working with, 
you know, some people want to see more data than others, yeah, right? Sure. It's really how they protect their reputational risk, right? We're going through all the standard KYCs and, you know, the BSA and the AML reporting, right? We're helping with the, the SARS reporting, the, mm-hmm. the 1080s, the 280Es, you know, all the typical fintech stuff. And then so they feel secure on this client is compliant. We know who the beneficial ownership is. Okay, we want to help them have, you know, banking. We want to help them move their business forward. But then it comes to the day to day, right? You still don't understand. It's not like your normal restaurant where you'll (laughs) have 10,000 restaurants in, you know, years and years and years of data to say, oh, this is how a restaurant in Sacramento and in town would operate, right? (laughs) These are people that have been operating for a long time, you know, in the shadows, but they all want to be legal and they have all these great businesses and these are great entrepreneurs and leaders. And now it's like, well, to play the game, you got to be more transparent than what most other industries have to be. And the cannabis clients are willing to do that. It's like, hey, we're not doing anything wrong. I just want to be banked. So I'm willing to give you the visibility. There is nothing going wrong in my shop. And so we haven't even had any pushback from the operator side or the client side because they just want to get banked to make this work. Yeah, right? they're, so, they're so hungry for services. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get it. And they're, they're hungry, so hungry for services that they, you know, they're willing to open the kimono probably more than more than other businesses normally would, just because it, it's so painful for them if they can't if they can't do the banking and they're they're willing to make that trade off. I mean, I guess what do you see in, in, if? You know, uh, if hopefully when you know, we we get some kind of banking reform for the cannabis industry, how, how is that going to change things? Is that going to mean that maybe the data tightens up? People may not be as willing to expose some of this stuff, or do you think that's just going to be the nature of cannabis? Is people are okay with with that level of transparency with their banking partner? I think I don't think it's going to change much. I mean, the transparency is going to have to be there for a while, right? I think we're probably at least ten years out before you know yeah. banking a cannabis company becomes norm. And I think you know ten years, seven, ten years is 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 kind of a stretch. I mean, there's just so much. There's just been a stigma that's built up, you know, over you know these decades of what this industry is and and who are the ones that are really profiting from it, right? And that's what it's coming down to. And there's so much of us wanting to protect our dollar, right? The inflation of the dollar to have this legacy cash that everybody always talks about now flood the system, Mm. right? And so it's like, how do we just move forward with just the legal part of it? Yes, as the laws change, it's going to be easier for clients to get banking, but I still believe that there's going to be, you know, the few that become the, the main bank, right? It'll be a chase, It'll be a B of A, it'll be a Wells Fargo that's like, oh, we're the cannabis bank now, right? Once those once those lines are now crossed, it's federally legal, they'll come in, step in, and then they'll be on that path. Because it's always still reputational risk, right? The banks are still, you know, adverse to any kind of risk and something that could hurt their overall interpretation, right? I mean, we've had, I was talking to one particular bank, I'm not going to mention who they were, they were SVP um, mm-hmm. at this particular banking system or banking company. And they're like, hey, we we no longer bank gun companies just because there's been, yeah. you know, the, the unfortunate um, accidents at the high schools and stuff and these tragedies. Yeah. So they're like, they're not even looking on at that side, let alone cannabis side, where there's still kind of that 
you know, that hesitancy of what's going on. And I think it's just going to take time and it's going to take a long period of time before we get to where it's just a normal thing. It's alcohol now. Right. Yeah. Um, It's going to be some time from there. Yeah. Now, I'm curious as you've gotten into actually collecting all this data on the on the cannabis operators, just kind of curious what insights or what, uh, you know, what data has become more important or less important or anything that you've been kind of surprised by in terms of, you know, data that's been really insightful on, uh, you know, business compliance or business operations. You know, what what are you learning as you as you amass this treasure trove of, of information? Not making as much as the perception is. Right. There's a huge perception that everybody has a hundred million dollar company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and that's definitely not the case. Yeah. And I think even from the bank side, just as much from the operator side, they're learning how to be in, you know, in compliance and on a regular schedule of just the visibility of things. I mean, we still constantly get calls and stuff on how to make sure their QuickBooks is uploaded correctly, the P&L statements, and you know, just moving into that more financial world from the cannabis perspective, understanding you know everything that's put into that that gram that you're producing, mm-hmm. right? Like getting down into the weeds of running your business because you have to run it to the T with all these taxes and the cost of compliance and yeah. everything else. I mean, you have to understand your business, and I think that data is the most powerful for the operators is now that they have this intelligence to run their business the way they need to be ran in order to be in for the long haul. And do you provide, I know that your customer is the bank and you're kind of collecting the information on sort of behalf of the banker and then analyzing it for the banker. Are, are you giving this information back to the customers either directly or anonymized data? I mean, you've got great benchmarking and industry standards that as an operator, I mean, I would love to get information back on this to see like, how do I compare? How do I compare to myself? How do I compare to my, you know, my region to other companies of my size? You know, like there's, there's some really interesting insights here. How have you approached the customer side of it in terms of insights? Yeah, we're, we're looking at how we display that to the clients. What we've been rolling out this year and what's kind of been our push this year has been taxes. So with the data that we are collecting, we are giving the operator visibility into their tax liability, you know, based on city, state and county. Right. So it's like we can show you, especially like for the delivery services here in California, where, you know, if you cross lines now, it's a different, you know, tax situation. Mm -hmm. We're able to provide that information and clarity for them on the tax side. Mm -hmm. We have taken it a step further and offered them that data for them to run the business, but it's definitely something that we're looking at. We've been so laser focused on the bank side and making sure, you know, we have the risk mitigation and the compliance from that end dialed in that we haven't now serviced that to the operator, but that's definitely coming down the pipeline. Yeah, I can imagine this kind of it's on your roadmap. And tell us about the more of your kind of process as as a business as you've kind of gone from you know idea to MVP to uh, minimal marketable product. Even as you've gone through the cycle, what have been some of the insights and challenges as you've uh, you know put together the team, developed the technology, you know looked at sales and marketing? What have been the the things you've learned, and what are some of the surprises or insights you've had? Yeah, this has been a real challenge, Bruce. So- <laughs> I, yeah. I think we're, we are officially a startup. I always talk to the team and I think for we've been around for three years now. Well, the first two and a half years, I think in <laughs> December, I finally told them, but I was like, we're not a startup. We're just a start. 
Yes. That was our <laughs> mantra. Because we were in that MVP stage, so many things were constantly changing just from a regulation standpoint, constantly having to stay abreast of what changes are being made from the state level and the government level to make sure we're in compliance. And I mean, and we went through all the growing pains. I mean, you know, basically, you know, no money in the bank today. Oh, a $25,000 check came or, <laughs> or, oh, we made, you know, 200 grand in the bank. We got three months and the three months come and gone, you know, in a blink of an eye. And we're, and, you know, we're constantly raising money on that. And then hiring people and finding the right people in the team that believe in not only what we're trying to do, but where we're going and how yeah. we can make an impact and how do we find talented developers and marketers and salespeople that believe in the process and that are not here for, oh, I just want to, cannabis is the new industry I'm jumping in. I can apply my skills to that. Like, no, we want to make an impact. We're looking at it that when we're done, we want to say Nature Trek helped move this industry forward so that the caretakers of this industry that have been, you know, directly affected by the war on drugs, yeah. that they, you know, they could go to their, their kids' school and parent day and say, hey, I'm a, a farmer or a cultivator, right? <laughs> they had to keep all that in the shadows, but now, you know, everybody's profiting from this industry. We want to know that we helped legitimize them and that they feel proud to be, you know, a farmer or a manufacturer or a dispensary owner from that side. Yeah. But finding those people and, you know, that's the ups and downs, you know, some people stay, some people go. And I mean, it's just, it's just part of the startup. One of my mentors used to say in startup companies, it's got to hire fast and fire faster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that uh, was one of their mantras because you got to keep people coming in because from the startup perspective, they see what you're doing. There's so much excitement and you're excited to have these individuals join. And then when they join, it's like, whoa, there is so much work to be done. There's just always work or always something to do. Or it's like, hey, I need this. Well, we don't have that. So create it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Self-starting is an understatement in the startup world. And I think for cannabis, the cannabis industry in, as a whole, it's been definitely challenging. I mean, as I spoke earlier, you know, I've been in the VC and startup world for, you know, 15 plus years now. I've raised over $300 million. This has been wow. the hardest I've ever had to raise money. I mean, it took us, you know, a year and a half to raise $1.5 million. Yeah. And why do you why do you think that is? I mean, what's what's your? I mean, because every you know everyone talks about you know people are throwing money at cannabis. There's all this you know it's the next green rush or, or it's the green rush. What we what, where where is this disconnect or what's happening really on the ground that makes this really not as easy as uh, I think people are kind of setting up or or portraying it to be. Well, it's the laws, and I mean, and banking's part of it. I mean, not to circle back to banking, but banking's mm -hmm. a huge part of it because. I mean, the, the savvy investors still don't know where things are going. Now, I, I believe like right when stuff were, was starting, let's call it, you know, 2017 period, I think that's when money was really jumping in because you had players that were well-known brands, whether, you know, underground or not, that got established, right? And, and they were able to jump in and then capture a lot of the market. Well, they had these huge projections, and then you look at these examples of, you know, the MedMans and the weed maps and stuff, people constantly not meeting these projections, which just causes the hesitancy in the market. I think everybody kind of slowed down at that point, right? Like, ah, mm -hmm. uh, we don't know where this is going. We have a feeling that, you know, there's going to be a shift 
in the industry, right? Big pharma and everybody coming in to really take a hold of that. And so I just think that um, you find people who are really into it. You know, you got the arc views and stuff of the world that, you know, they're on top of cannabis. But I yeah. think even for myself, you know, having a network of people to reach out to and to, you know, to, you know, conversate about funds and where the industry is going, they don't understand the market. And so until they truly know where it's going, yeah, we know there's a big dollar sign, but we still don't know who's the winners or losers. Yeah. And that's why people are, are holding. And with so many brands, with you know, so many people kind of like jumping in, people who weren't in the industry that had money coming in, businesses failing, right? <laughs> people buying licenses. It's yeah. just still the wild, wild west. Yeah. And I think it's they're just trying to wait till the dust settles. So even with a company like ours, I mean, we're risk management and compliance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's nothing great about that. And I'm like, man, working with Nature Track, this is the biggest opportunity I've ever been a part of. And I'm pulling teeth yeah. to have somebody to invest. Yeah. And it wasn't until, you know, we got the confirmation from Money 2020. And then now we're working with um, some kind of contracts that are, you know, overseas and in the Caribbean stuff. We got that validation. You know, we had the revenue that came in to support that. And then now it's like, OK, we need that right partner, that strategic partner. So, you know, they call it the dumb money. Right. We don't want dumb money coming yeah. in. We need smart money to come in now to not only help us scale because we're in a hyper growth mode right now to really scale and, and hit some of our benchmarks, but who's going to be that partner that brings in the next investor for that next round, right? Yeah. That has, or could be that person who can fund us to that next round because we're only getting started right now. Yeah, yeah. What are some of the other challenges that you see facing? I mean, if you look out at your kind of strategic roadmap and, you know, identifying kind of the risks and stuff that are out there, what, what are the things you're kind of, looking at or, you know, keeping an eye on whether it's, uh, you know, regulatory or market dynamics or, you know, international trends. I mean, what's on your kind of radar when it comes to, you know, be, staying on top of or being aware of to make sure that you're making the right moves, you know, as you develop the business? Yeah, I mean, it's still really regulatory for us. We're constantly trying to see, you know, who's in power and who's going to make that next shift. Yeah. And our goal as a company is that our product and our roadmap is mature enough that when it does become fully legal at a federal level, like descheduled all the way, mm -hmm. that they turn in like, what is the risk management platform out here? Oh, it's nature track. Yeah. Right. And so and that's what we're doing. You know, every day is just one step. We're trying to make that turnkey platform enterprise type solution for the banks that can handle all the onboarding of the clients, the digestion of the documents, not only just our, our MAD prevention or fraud prevention side, but how do we help them grow their businesses and scale, right? These yeah. community banks and credit unions, they're getting in to grow their core deposits. They're getting yeah. into money, right? Yeah. And so they need to be able to not only one, bank the money safely, pass audits and all that good stuff, because you know, charter is the king, yeah. but they also need to be able to work with the right clients. And how, how can I get Rather than 10 cannabis clients, how do I work with 100, yeah. right? And, and having that end-to-end -end platform for there. So we're staying on the regulatory side, keeping our eye out for when we have that shift, but still working closely with our banking partners to make sure we build the platform that they need, not the platform we think they need. Yeah, interesting. And what advice do you, would you give to folks kind of getting either 
either thinking about getting into the cannabis space or companies that are adjacent and are thinking about, you know, adding, you know, cannabis products and services to their their existing businesses, what what are the things they need to keep in mind or things that you you advise them to really kind of consider or think about as they do that? Well, I mean, what I have a couple people that came to me just recently like, "Oh, I want to start a cannabis business." And I'm like, "Man, you're kind of late now." <laughs> <laughs> that 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 ship has sailed. <laughs> I was like, you're kind of like, if you weren't already an operator yeah. um, in this space, you've kind of missed that boat, I think, in terms of, of the rush. But in terms of people who want to offer services or work with the cannabis industry or add on products, I'm like, get in. Because we need outlets for the industry. We yeah. need to find the good partners. We need to get this mainstream. There's there's so many people that or have been doing the right thing, that have battled through all the compliance, all the changings, have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars just to get compliant and be ready to produce. And then there's not enough, you know, buyers out there for them to get the product out, right? Yeah. It's kind of shrunk a little bit. So we want people to come in and help the industry. And, and this, this product, this medicine can help for so much on what we're doing with, you know, the opioid crisis yeah. and everything yeah. else that's going on. I mean, there's and we're starting to get research coming out, you know, that backs all the claims of how this helps. Like mm-hmm. this is definitely something that you want to get into, that you want to be a part of. But it's not just a jump in. I'm going to make money. Be very strategic and savvy about where do you go and what do you offer the industry and what the industry offers you that will help add that next 10 to 15% on your business bottom line and and where you're going. Like be very strategic with this because the same way the banks look at it as reputational risk is the same way other individuals and the consumers are looking at it out there because it's like, oh, you just got another cannabis product, right? Some people are just, oh, I'm jumping in cannabis. Give me some CBD that works, right? You can't just be another one throwing a product on. Make sure you know that product, that service that matches your mission, that matches your growth and your vision for where your company is going and what you can provide. Yeah. Uh, As a strategic business coach, I couldn't have said it better. (laughs) I appreciate the uh, the sentiment of that because I think that is so much about what's happening in cannabis these days. It's no longer just, you know, just get in and do anything you want. Like you really need to understand where your strengths are, where your opportunities are. How do you apply them to cannabis? How do you be really focused and targeted? Because that's, that's the name of the game at this point. So this is great. Uh, Jante, if people want to find out more about you, about uh, NatureTrack, what's the best way to get that information? Yeah. So you can check out our websites, naturetrack.com. That's naturetrak.com. You can also find us on our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everything's at naturetrack.com. And then if you need to shoot any information, like schedule anything with us, our email is the best for us. It's called track team. So T-R-A-K team at naturetrack.com. And that's where you can find us. Great. I'll make sure that those links in the email are in the show notes so people can click through and get that information. Jante, this has been a pleasure. I thank you so much for taking the time. Great conversation. I know that this banking and the and the risk management isn't the sexiest part of the business, but it's actually, for me, some of the most fascinating and obviously uh, some of the most innovative. You know, both both what you're doing with data, what you're doing with banks, operators. Uh, I really applaud the work that you're doing. I'm, I wish you the best success. So, And thank you for taking the time today. Bruce, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time allowing us to share our story and reach your great user base. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets and access other great content, visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. 
And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.